Well, my daughter, Romy, is three, and she has this saying that she says from the couch or her play area or her room or wherever she is in the house, but she says, Mommy, because she has a semi-British accent from Peppa Pig, Mommy, I need something. I need something, in her little voice. I need something. I say, Romy, what do you need? We talk about it, we problem solve. She says it literally about 10 times a day. Um, I try to respond with what do you need and, and talk it through, but if I'm honest, it's sometimes a little extra and a little overwhelming to just have this little, I need something, I need something, all, all throughout the day. But honestly, it came to mind when I read the, this week's verse of the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. I don't know for you, when is the last time you said, I need something. I need something. Maybe it's to another person. Maybe it's to yourself. Maybe it's less of an ask and more of an admission, but I need something. I don't know if it's uh, physical or emotional or spiritual or tangible, but I wonder what it is that if you were able to ask, you would say. I wonder if it's something you can't make happen on your own or it's something that you are scared to try or something that you're just scared to even admit. I need something. As Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray, the idea of need, of dependence, was central to connecting with God and aligning ourselves with the kingdom. You see, it is our need it is, the, is the permission to need. It is the permission to need. And as Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray, he thought this was significant enough to include in that prayer. Culturally, I think we avoid need. It's uncomfortable. It distracts us from what we're trying to get done. It's not the ground that grows success. It, it points to weakness. It's not attractive. It's, it's a distraction. You know, if I'm honest, when Romy is, is saying, I need something 10 times a day, I can get a little frustrated. Like, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get stuff done, or I've got chores and, and work and family stuff, and what's going to happen for dinner, and did we do that load of laundry, and I'm just trying to move on with my day, and her I need something interrupts me. And that may be true in the physical, But if I step back a moment and connect with her, what I recognize is that her need, her I need something, connects me to my relationship with her and it connects me to the present. I need something, give us this day our daily bread. You see, it is our need that points us to our source. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Bread represents this very raw, very real human element of need and dependence and source. And Jesus says, I am. He says, believe in me. He says, come to me. I am. How many times has somebody asked you, "Um, how's it going today? How are you? 
and you know that you've lost your keys, fought with your spouse, snapped at your kid, not really know how you're gonna pay the medical bill, are dealing with the health or the sickness of a loved one, are trying to figure out how you're gonna make the finances work, are trying to figure out how you're gonna get everything done, asking major questions about your own significance or purpose in life, but you say, I'm fine, I'm good, it's great, it's going great. How many times do we do that? And I wonder if we, if we do that with God, Give us this day our daily bread. Would you schedule an appointment with the doctor? Would you get there? And then the doctor says to you, how can I help you today? What's wrong? What's going on? And you say, oh, nothing, I'm fine. It's all good. No, we go to the doctor to get healthy or well. To, to not talk about our symptoms, to not express our need, wouldn't move us towards more health and wholeness. Well, it's the same with Jesus. We, we go to Jesus to be healthy and well. So keeping our need from Jesus, not going to him with our need, it, it doesn't move us forward in the spiritual. Jesus called himself the, the, um, the daily bread, the great physician, the healer, the restorer, the redeemer. Have we told him that we're hurting? Have we told him that we're in need? Have we told him that we're drowning under the weight of what we're carrying? Have we told him that we don't know how to fix it, we don't know how to solve it, and, and we don't know how to tell anyone that? Have we told him, Jesus, I need something. I need something. You know, I was thinking about us as a campus and a church. And I hope that for us, that this Sunday morning experience, this kind of coming together as a people, I hope that it's not about performance and programs and perfection. Because I think specifically about the spiritual territory of the Northwest suburbs. I think about a place where the mega church experience in many ways was built and thrived. And please hear me say that the church has done good and is doing good things no matter the form. But I wonder what it's like for many of us who've come from this church experience where it wasn't about the need, but this church experience that was about programs, this place that was sort of this epicenter for other churches to, to learn and to, and to know how to do, to do life, to do ministry, this place that was put together very neatly with a bow put on top. I wonder what it's like for those of us that come from those kinds of experiences to come together around the element of need. I really pray that for us as a campus, that man, the Holy Spirit would reprogram our spirits when it comes to need. Because you know what? It's not about the succeed. It is about the need. It is about the need. And yes, and when we are, when we are in a place of dependence and need, that's right where God wants us. And sometimes we have to turn over our value system. We have to turn over our history. We have to turn over the stuff that we all have been programmed to learn and know that it is not about the succeed. It is about the need. We are all level at the ground of the cross, all of us. And I think it's time the church normalized and acknowledged the element of human need that's at the center of the gospel. We all are in need of Jesus. Give us this day your daily bread. It is a permission to need, a permission to depend, to have a limit, to be human. And it was so important that Jesus included this in the prayer of teaching his disciples to pray. 
And I just want us to know that before we continue to dive in, there is just, there is a sense of freedom in the room. That wherever Jesus is near, there, there, is, uh, there is provision. That there is room to expand. There is a sense of freedom. And if you're coming in with just a sense of resisting or restricting or shut down or drowning, I just want you to know the Holy Spirit is here this morning. The truth of Jesus reigns and there is room to expand and release in this place. There is room to expand and release. There is room to to be weak. There's room to not have it all together. There is room to be messy. There is room to not know the answers. There is room in this room because of Jesus as we center around our need. So I wonder, man, just what what keeps us from, from that whole idea of the permission to need? What keeps us from practicing having permission or asking for need in our everyday lives. You know, I, um, I think about, it was just about this time last year when we first moved here and we were just getting started with having meetings to launch the campus. And um, my husband and I moved here from Michigan. My daughter, Romy, was just two at the time, and we were new. And we were kind of coming out of a year of transition in our family and also just coming off of COVID. We hadn't really been around a lot of people. My daughter just wasn't really, I had been home with her for the year prior. She just wasn't used to being around new people. Um, And so it was really hard for us to figure out the whole childcare dynamic. Like we just, we didn't know how we were going to solve it. And I prayed and and I prayed about it. And I really believed that if God was calling us here to Elgin, that he was also calling Romy as well. And that as he would provide for us, like he would provide for her. And so I just prayed provision over our family, provision for my daughter. I prayed that he would find her in a way that only he can. But I was also looking at the practicality of this meeting that we had coming up, knowing I had to be uh, work, a pastor and a mom in the the same space, and just how I was going to navigate that. And it was just like weighing on me, and it was heavy, and I didn't like it. And I was irritated that um, there wasn't sort of this like, I don't know, shining babysitter on a platter, like given, right? Like we just couldn't figure it out. It was just too early. We hadn't been there yet. And so um, we pack Romy's bag, you know, get the iPad, get the stuff, get her little mask, bring her to church, like sit her down in the corner. And it was kind of time to, to go upstairs. And I just was feeling stressed and I was feeling stretched and I was just feeling like I can't be in all these boxes at once. And you know what? Let's just be real. I know that being a woman campus pastor is the new idea for a lot of people. And so what if I admit that I can't do it and then people already think I can't do it, then what do we have? And like, I'm, I'm just stuck. I'm just stuck. I got my kid here. Like, what am I going to do? And um, there was a family that came in and they had a daughter named Briley and she was 10 she walked up to Romy and she took her by the hand and Romy looked at her and Bradley said to me, God bless her. She said, I got her. I'm good. I'll take her. Can we put the picture up? I'll, I'll, I'll take her. Yes. Props to Briley. But she said, I'll be in the room. And you know what? Romy went with her. And like there was something about the kid dynamic that Romy was okay with versus the adult dynamic. And they went upstairs and hung out. And I just watched my daughter walk away with Briley. And I snapped a picture because in that moment, that picture was God's provision for my life and for my season. That was his provision. And it didn't look like I thought necessarily. She wasn't at home, comfortable in her own space, in her own bed. She was at church with us in the middle of it, right in the messiness of it. But you know what? That relationship is important to my daughter even today. It's important to all of us. And God knew what I needed. 
what the church needed, what Romy needed more than I did. And it came out of my limit. It came out of my need. And that's where God met with provision. You see, the, the burdens that we carry, I think, keep us from our permission to need. It keeps us from practicing our need. And I just think about this room. I think about the stories here. I think about the people represented here. And I just think about the burdens that we're carrying, the things that we can't figure out, the stuff that's weighing on our shoulders, the hustle, the busyness, the stretchness, the, the capacity to like not be able to take one more thing, the, the getting kids to soccer and school and gymnastics and dance, the, the college experience of trying to figure out your next step in life and all the do, do, do and fill up your resume and do all the activities, just the business of, of like, I'm in charge of this thing. And, and if, if I don't perform, this thing's going to fail. And that's going to affect so many other people. And I'm the leader and I have to take it all. And if I admit something's wrong, we're all going down. The burdens that we carry, the kid, the kid, the adult, the adult kid that we don't know where they are. We don't know what experience they're having right now. And we just pray that wherever they are, the Lord's provision is over them. The burdens that are in this room. And I just think we carry so much. And I wonder what it is today that you just may be able to say, God, I need you. I need room to unload this burden. I need room to lay it down. My first step of dependence is admitting that I can't do it. I can't make it happen. And what if that made space for God to show up in a way that he didn't before or that, that better than you could have asked or imagined? What if the need connects us to the kingdom? What if the need connects us to provision? And what if the first step is asking for it, is that permission to need? The load that we carry tells us so much about our source. Give us this day our daily bread. It connects us to our source. Not enough for tomorrow, just enough for today. And so I don't know where you're running with your load this morning. I don't know the way that you lay your burden down. I don't know if you run to food or Netflix or relationship or pornography or sex or pain pills or whatever it is. I don't know where you're running, but your load can connect you to the source. And the source is Jesus. And if we're going to practice the permission to need, we've got to reorient our source and know that it's okay and there's permission to go to Jesus with your need. And those other things may sustain, they may bring relief for a while, but Jesus is your source. I am, come to me. We lay down our burdens and we go to our source. I think another thing that keeps us from the permission to sort of practice our need is about the ask. The ability to, the ability or just the decision to pray, to pray for healing, to pray for freedom, to pray for breakthrough, to pray for God to intervene and change an outcome, to pray for more of him. I think our ask is dependent on our relationship with Jesus. I think our ask says a lot about what we really believe, about who we believe God to be what we think he will do. Do we believe that he is who he says he is? Jesus says, ask, and it will be given to you. 
Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. He also says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Okay, we're going to go there for a minute. All right. I know that we don't always get what we ask for. And I know that things don't always turn out the way that we want them to. And there can be great disappointment. There can be great disappointment that surround the asking. But I I think it's important for us to remember that Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray in a way that aligned with the priorities of the kingdom. It was about God's rule, God's way. Where the kingdom is, all things are restored. Anything that's broken is restored. Anything that's dead is made new. It's where the last are first, where the lion lays down with the lamb, where justice flows, where reconciliation invades. And when Jesus came to earth and he began healing and freeing people, the kingdom came here. But it wasn't all the way here. It's not all the way here. The kingdom won't be here until heaven invades earth and God's rule and reign is made known forever. But when Jesus came, he brought evidence of the kingdom. And he went about healing, freeing people. And that was a reminder that the kingdom has come, that the kingdom is near. The reconciliation, the, the, the freedom, that is evidence of God's rule and God's way. But it's, it's not fully here. And because of the condition of the earth, sin and brokenness and evil are still very active in our world and in this place. We don't own the outcome because the kingdom isn't fully here. But we do own the ask. And Jesus promises that with his kingdom, nothing will fail. When we are praying along and aligning ourselves with his kingdom, nothing will fail because the kingdom will not fail. And I want us to understand that when we don't get what we ask for exactly how we ask for it, it's not that God is withholding from us. You see, any time that there's a healing, any time there's a freedom, any time there's a breakthrough, any time there's a reconciliation, any time a, a, a system is reconciled, any time something dead is made new, that is evidence that God made his way to you, that he made his way through the sin, that he made his way through the evil, that he made his way through the brokenness. He made a way to you, and that is evidence that he is coming for you, and in his kingdom, his rule reigns. Are you with me this morning, church? Are you with me? I know we don't own the outcome, and we don't. And there are going to be things that we will never understand, that we will never be able to reconcile in in ourselves. But I don't want that to keep us from the ask. Because God's kingdom is on the way. And anytime we see him moving and doing a miracle, we can trust that there there will be a day that all those will be fulfilled. There will be a day that any system of oppression will be reconciled for flourishing. There will be a day that any sickness will bring healing. There will be a day where all captives are released. There will be a day where the earth rises up and to be thriving and flourishing in place where there was desert and brokenness. There will be a day where kingdom reigns. And until then, we believe and we ask and we pray and we know that anytime we witness what God is doing, we celebrate that he made his way to us through the sin and the evil that is still very much a part of this world. It is about the ask. We just can't forget that the Lord's prayer 
is really about those kingdom priorities. What was it that Steve talked about last week? He talked about the heaven coming to earth, our kingdom come, your kingdom come, your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread funnels outside of that already previous request, the kingdom priorities. And when I think about kingdom priorities, I think about the word our. Did you notice it's not give me this day my daily bread, it's give us this day our daily bread. Something that we've been doing as a church in the city um, is partnering with an organization called One Collective. We take really seriously um, just that we're a new church in this community, and we want to have a chance to listen and learn from the community and also come alongside people or places who are vulnerable or in the margins. And we work with One Collective because it's an, um, it has an Elgin-based arm of, of, the, of the nonprofit, and it helps link churches and nonprofits together to meet relevant needs. One thing that that we did over the summer was a conduct a needs assessment in the city. So we want to get to know from our neighbors, our neighbors right, right here in Elgin. Man, what, what's working in Elgin? What's not working? We want to hear from you. But you know, we don't just ask about people's need. We also ask, what is it that you have that can contribute to working along an outcome of improving this need? Is it, a, is it volunteer time? Is it a strength? Is it a gift? What is it that you have that could come alongside this need? You see, when Jesus said, give us um, this day our daily bread, he was pointing to a value of the kingdom. When I think about this idea of our, this idea of community, this idea of, of, of communal places, man, I'm just going to say right now, I have learned the best stuff I know about community, this idea of long tables and low walls. I, I have learned so much about that from my friends of color, from my friends who have invited me to their table. For my friends who have shown me what it looks like to open up your home, open up your space, open up your life. One of my best friends, his name is Winna, and he's from South Africa. He calls it hot climate culture. He's like, you just throw some meat on the grill, invite some people over, and you got it. Hot climate culture. That's what you do every day. And he says it in his South African accent. And he grew up, he was raised by his grandma. He grew up um, just as apartheid had ended, but was just still very much a presence in, in, um, in his, his homeland. There were neighborhoods that he wasn't able to go into, friends' houses that he wasn't able to go to because um, he was a person of color in South Africa. He didn't have a lot of money or an extensive, like, seminary resume, but I watched him build a beautiful, thriving ministry on relationships, on community, on opening up your table, on coming together and doing life together. And I saw him build something that was better than I had ever seen or known. And it wasn't a program and it wasn't a strategy. It was a life on life together. It was opening up your table. It was opening up your home. And that's what he did for me. And you know, I think when we think about um, the immigrant community, I think there can be a lot of stigma or stereotypes attached to the immigrant community. And the immigrant community does face a lot of barriers with maybe language or finances. But a strength of the immigrant community is family, is community, is, is, is this culture of, man, if, if, if you are in need, there's someone that's going to come alongside you. 
And as we become more isolated and more to ourselves and our culture, I, I just believe that it's so important that as we think about kingdom priorities, as we think about this idea of our, that there are lessons to learn from the margins. That there is a lesson to learn from people who are vulnerable, from people who are living out of dependence, from people who maybe the system was built to fail. Because when you're living from a place of dependence, you don't have a lot of room for self-reliance. And as we think about the ways that we can extend ourselves and meet the needs of our city, I think it's so important that we come with an open heart and mind and ears to learn, man, what can we learn from, from groups of people who may be experiencing life on the margins? What do they have to teach us? Because the kingdom is about the last being first. What do they have to teach us? What do they have to, like, let's align ourselves with the priorities of the kingdom. We don't come in there with all of our stuff and all of our answers. No, we come in there open and willing to learn. And what a beautiful picture of the gospel. That as we pray this prayer together, give us this day our daily bread. That should mobilize us. That should, that should move us towards meeting spiritual and physical and tangible need. But also with knowing that as we come alongside, we also have a spiritual, physical, or tangible, or emotional need. And what a picture of a gospel that as we walk alongside these communities, they're also coming alongside us. And there's a mutual understanding and learning and sharing. These are the kingdom priorities. Give us this day our daily bread. Bread is, throughout scripture, this idea of provision. It's provision from heaven as, as manna. It's, it's bread to feed the 5,000. When, um, when the Israelites were receiving manna, notice they didn't, um, they didn't get enough to store up. If they tried to store up the manna, it would, it would turn. Um, they only had enough for that day. Bread, give us this day our daily bread. Bread is this, this symbol of dependence. It's a symbol of provision. It's a symbol of just enough. It's a permission to, to have a limit and to have a need. Bread, heaven, from heaven as manna. Bread to feed the 5,000. Bread at the last supper that represented the body of Jesus, broken for us so that we may have the greatest provision of life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I just, I believe today that as we think about give us this day our daily bread, as we think about the permission to need, about practicing the permission to need, as we think about our dependence and our source, as we think about what that means in the context of community and meeting each other's needs together while also having our needs fulfilled, Jesus is at the center of those things. And it's not another miracle that we need. It's not another answer that we need. It is Jesus. It is Jesus. And so this idea of need keeps us open to what it is that we really need, and it's him. And this idea of need, you know, keeps us from all the stuff. It, it just kind of sobers us from all the things that won't really do it, that won't really sustain, but it is truly Jesus. And if you've come here with just a great need, with, with a deep need, Jesus says, I am. I am the bread of life. If you've come here with a burden that you're carrying, that, that, you, that you need to lay down, Jesus says, come to me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
If you come here and you know you've been running to all kinds of other things, you, you know that you've been trying to satisfy your need to, to unload your own burden, Jesus says, I, I am a strong tower where you can run. I am the source. I am the sustainer. And I just would encourage you this week as you think about practicing the permission to need. It's really in its truest form about going to Jesus, about going to him and saying, God, I need this. I'm afraid to say it. I'm going to choose to invite you in, whether you're in your car or in your room or around the house or where, just invite him in. And it doesn't have to be one time and you check that box for the whole week, right? You've got that meeting. You've got that project. You've got to go home to your kids after a long day of work. You've got your child with an issue at school. You've got... um, is it a pop quiz? Do they have pop quizzes anymore? Yeah, okay. You've got pop quizzes, right? Yeah, I was really stressed about pop quizzes when I was in college or high school, so I, I feel you. you got pop quizzes. you got, you got whatever it is, this thing on your mind, and you know what? You just you invite God in at each moment of the day. Okay, God, I need you. I don't know what to do about this. Okay, God, I need you. I'm not sure to solve, how to solve this problem. God, what are you doing in this moment? It's just, it's, it's not necessarily this, like, you know, one-time lightning bolt moment. It is a life. It is a posture. It is a living. It is a practicing of dependency and of need and accepting our limits. Maybe there's a friend that you want to open up to and just say, hey, I feel like I'm failing in this area. Can I tell you about it? Accepting our limits, permission to need. The idea of provision reminds us that it is not about what we have or don't have. It is truly about who Jesus is. And I just, I just believe this week that God is calling you to, to talk to him, to share with him, and to release your burden. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. We are so grateful that you are who you say you are and that you will do what you say you will do. Jesus, we just ask that you would fill the room in this moment. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would be here. We just know that the real work doesn't happen necessarily on Sunday mornings, but but seeds are planted and breakthrough begins and healing can come as we practice and live out the truths that you started in our hearts on a Sunday morning. So I just pray for my friends in this room I pray for for anybody that came here today heavy, carrying something. I pray for anyone this morning who is suffering. I pray, Jesus, for those of us who just are trying to, to, to fake it and hide our limits. I pray, Jesus, for those who just don't know how they're gonna do tomorrow. And I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would be so present, that you would just release in the room today. Father, that you would allow us to see our limits and that there would be grace, that there would be freedom, that we'd be able to take a deep breath. I just believe that there's just a sense of, of heaviness in the room. And I pray, God, that, that you would bring light and that you would bring life and that you would bring hope just like Leonard talked about. You'd bring hope. 
that this would be the beginning of a new way, of a new posture, of a new truth. And that we would discover more of who you created, created us to be. And as we do, we would recognize how living in life and praying aligned with your kingdom opens up the door for so much flourishing, for so much life, for so much healing, that it's better than we could have ever imagined. I pray that you would just make yourself known to your people this morning, that you would be that small voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. And that you would, in Jesus' name, break down any barriers. That you would just break anything that the enemy has set up against your truth and your will and your love and your way. And we pray that your kingdom would invade this church, would invade our families, would invade our quiet time, would invade our escaping time, would invade the city, would invade the world, that your kingdom would come near. And we thank you, God, and we celebrate your faithfulness and your goodness. As we sang that song this morning, how much we need you, and we, and we looked all throughout scripture of how you showed up for the misfits, for the, for the less than, for the broken, for the outcast, for the one who nobody thought could do it. As you showed up for all those people, God, you are that same God today. And we pray that we would know you that way. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you stand with me and we're going to pray together the Lord's Prayer as we leave today and get sent off on our week. Going to let everybody get up and kind of shake it off there. All right. Here we go. Everyone together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. I was, I was there too, amen, amen. Hey, Elgin, we love you all. Grace and peace to you. Have an amazing week.